William Shakespeare is known for writing many different styles of plays. He did tragedy. He did comedy. He did tragedy mixed with comedy. But he never did science fiction. From the mind of Rob Lloyd and the pen of Keith Gow comes a play that aims to fix that: Shakespeare Aliens. It's James Cameron's Aliens live on stage in the style of William Shakespeare. After a hit run of shows during the start of the year, we're back this October for the Melbourne Fringe Festival. Join us for an hour of action, tension, and puppetry as our cast of characters try to escape the horrors of LV four two six. Shakespeare Aliens at the Melbourne Fringe Festival. That's October 11th to October 15th, 9 p.m. at Gasworks Theatre. Head to melbournefringe.com.au for more, or check out the link in the episode description. This podcast is brought to you by our partners at Eight Star Energy. Eight Star Energy, a clean energy company, leading the future of portable and renewable energy. To find out more, follow them on Facebook at Eight Star Energy. attacking purposeful football all the time. Now we've got our backs against the wall and we've got to fight and we're going to fight hard. You've got to show me all the guts and all the determination you've got in your body. You've got to inspire me. A marvellous kick. That's as good as you'll ever see. And puts player back in front. I don't know about you guys, but if I see one bloke walking out of here, keep the paddle back from people out there for a good effort, I'll spill up. Inside the centre square, boys kick the goal, boys kick the goal, from inside the centre, <laughs> Hey Pac, welcome to Danny Boyd, a podcast about the undisputed, 100% greatest football team in the universe. How do I know that? We are top of the ladder. We are undefeated. We have never had a season this good. I'm so excited. I'm Danny McGinley. He's Tom Boyd. Boydie... Grand final week. How many? Uh, how many? How many radio producers ring you up to talk about a certain goal kicked six years uh, ago? No, they don't call me about it anymore. I saw in the grand final red carpet they were talking to players. Going, one of the segments was finish this piece of commentary, and the Brian Taylor commentary came up. But uh, yes. I, no royalties for me on that one, unfortunately. Um, I must say. It feels like September in Melbourne today. Yeah. Uh, the weather's good. It's a bit balmy. You're in shorts and a T-shirt. I'm feigning corporate sort of superiority by actually wearing jeans and some boots. But um, how good is it to have the grand final back in Melbourne, mate? After three long years between yeah. drinks, it is, uh, it's a great time of year to be a Melbourneian. I'd be more excited if I was going, but uh, couldn't, no, no, I, was, I was complaining to you before. So I'm not as many corporate gigs this year for me. Uh, it's not too late if you want to book me for the <laughs> for Saturday. I'm available <laughs> some days, but uh, but yeah, no, it's it's exciting. You know, yeah, it is. It's sunny. You've I've forgotten how this time of year works. Yeah, and to be honest, I don't really care about men's footy at the moment. Mm. What a what a pointless exercise. I mean, at least yeah. for the next four days. It's, you know. Yeah, for the next four. Well, no, on Friday, I'll, yeah, yeah, Friday, I'll, 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 I'll acknowledge that there's a parade for some reason. But you know, congratulations to uh, Geelong and Sydney AFLW men's sides mm. for uh, giving it a go. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> it is. It is strange. And uh, Danny, you did make a massive push to me to get this as early as possible in the week in the hope that people do book you for a couple extra gigs. So <laughs> glad we can make that work, mate. Those crippling gambling debts aren't going away. <laughs> so, but hey, we've got uh, a guest who 
came so highly recommended uh, to us. We had Kato Halloran uh, in a few weeks ago to do an AFLW preview, and we've asked a lot of the uh, our friends at the club, and uh, we, we asked Nathan Burke, who are the AFLW players we have to get on? Kate didn't even miss a beat. She just said, we've got to get... Nell Morris Dalton on Nell Morris Dalton. Welcome to Danny Boyd. Thank you very much. How are you feeling? You 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 were almost. There was. What was this? Is this an exclusive? Can we can we tell the audience? Yeah, go for there it. There was almost a late withdrawal. Uh, it is an exclusive. Let's see if this ends up in the Herald Sun. See if they listen to our podcast. <laughs> Woke up with don't. a puffy <laughs> eye. Yes, yes, that did happen. I I can't actually tell which one it is. You look fine. Really? Yeah. They both look bad is what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, I think so. That's think the so. kind of guy Danny is. Right? I wouldn't say that, but Danny would. Yeah, just, just leave it. Are you feeling all right? It's, feeling it's all good, good, feeling good, yeah. Well, you played your first game of the year last week? No. Incorrect. Incorrect, I'm no, so sorry. No, I played round one, got dropped for two rounds, ah. came back in the side. I'm so sorry. I didn't watch round one. I was on a I was on a delayed flight from from ironically Sydney when you were playing the Giants. Right, so, so well, I thought you did – I thought – it was hard to see anyone doing very well on Saturday, given the conditions. For those who who may have missed it, uh, we played Hawthorne in a flood, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Most of Victoria seemed to be underwater last weekend. It was quite extraordinary. Like, obviously, it rained quite a lot, but the damage it did to the grounds was extraordinary. You know, even the G looked a bit average there for a second, so hopefully it cleans up this week. How did you find it out there on the weekend? Yeah, I usually don't enjoy playing in wet weather footy. But oh, good. Me neither. Yeah, I just kind of psych myself out. But it actually ended up being pretty fun. By the point you were like like torrentially soaked and then it wasn't too cold or windy. So it actually kind of made up for it with that. Um, and we got a few goals, which was fun because it can go pretty pear-shaped when nothing's really happening. Yes. And it's just on the ground over. It's like, oh, my God. But it actually ended up pretty good. Yeah, quarter time, the scores were 0-0. Zero, zero. Mm. So it was, you know, why, why did we even bother with that? Yeah, <laughs> so, no. But it, it was like, and playing at Box Hill, I mean, was that, that's not Hawthorne's first home game there, is it? I'm, middle, I'm showing my... Um, I don't think so. Personally, don't rate the ground and that we have to play on it. But yeah. um, it, it actually ended up being better than I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. That, fair enough. that middle pitch can get pretty exotic oh, in the there. The grass was about like five centimetres long. It was like they could have got the lawnmower out all week, but they just left it. It was seriously <laughs> And then this the rain long. hit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, I played all my juniors there. So Eastern Rangers played yeah. a lot of footy there. And um, I like to make the joke that, you know, everyone used to come off the ground covered in mud and, you know, and I said if you could see my GPS, it would look very much like someone running towards the centre of the ground, taking either a sharp left or a sharp right to I avoid the turf wicket. I did that. <laughs> because once your feet get stuck in that mud, you end up slipping, you can't kick as well. It's just a nightmare. You might as well stay clean. I've got white boots, for God's sake, Danny, you know? See, I'm amazed that uh, these conditions still happen. Would someone like Bontempelli even know what a ground like this is like? He would, yeah. He played all these juniors in, um, you know, against us. But that was like a decade ago. Well, so I'm sure he can remember 10 years ago. Um, well, the concussion but yeah, isn't but in all honesty, I mean, I think the only, wow, I think the only ground that's left with a drop in is probably like Monica, right? Like, I think Canberra still has a drop in pitch that's there sometimes, which yeah. is really hard in the middle of the ground. I think if you think back to like the ball getting bounced at the centre bounces and it goes like fifty metres in the air, that's usually a drop in turf wicket. Okay. Um, so yeah, I don't know if there's that many grounds left, but certainly not the most enjoyable. You, you would play on a few the, at the moment, I'd say, that have those sub district cricket grounds or district cricket grounds, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think there's a few, but we are. Transitioning more towards better grounds, which is good. Yeah. A few, um, but not as many this season, I feel like. Yeah, it's been all right. Where are you training at the moment? 
Um, Skinner Reserve. It's like in Braybrook. It's like five yep. minutes from Widden Oval. Yep. They they redeveloped it, like knowing that they were going to knock Widden down. So it's actually got a pretty good track. Yes. Um, which is going well. Yeah, it's good. Is that the one with the statue of Doug Hawkins? No, like, there's no, no statue. That's outside a pub. Sorry, but uh, <laughs> but but it's where Dougie Doug Hawkins played juniors. At Braybrook, would that be? Was it where Braybrook Football Club is? I think it was originally a soccer oval, and they've updone it. I think that might be right. That's yeah. right. The, okay. the, the, the men will be training there, as I think the Witten Oval is not going to be ready it's till just done. before yeah. pre uh, end of preseason next mm. year. Yeah. And I drove past it. I mean, I don't know if you've been out west recently, but there's not a lot left of, no. that, of our training facility. No, and look, there wasn't a lot there. We've never been one to brag about how good our training facilities are, but there's really nothing left <laughs> yeah, now. So. There is nothing, yeah. yeah. So, and, and does Braybrook have like, you know, facilities and stuff or is it just rocking up in an oval, like um, proper old school? You just have like your local footy kind of room, locker room. Yeah. And then there's like a community centre there with a library. So we kind of use those facilities for like our team meetings and then we train once we're done – um, we'll just go straight back to the club to do our gym and eat dinner there. Okay. That yeah. must be annoying though. You're trying to do a team meeting and a, and a, and a lady with a, with a bun and some glasses keeps coming. Shh. Shh. <laughs> must be difficult training in a library. I agree. <laughs> Especially with how rowdy footballers can get. Yeah. yeah. I can't imagine Ellie Blackburn's particularly good at uh, keeping stum. No, not at uh, all. When, when did you get uh, drafted now? Um, 2019, I think. So you, your first season was the one they they interrupted. Yeah, I like uh, round six they called it off. Yeah, right. that was my first year. I think it was twenty nineteen. Yeah, twenty well early twenty twenty, but that yeah. was yeah nineteen yeah, to twenty. Yeah. yeah, how did you when it was uh, over the course of two years? Hang on, how did they do this? No, it always started early in the year. No, twenty twenty it was. Yeah. Yeah. Who yeah. can remember so how time so works? So you've been there for a couple of years now. Have you found that you know the training facility change is a bit disruptive at times? Because I, I know like. Again, in my time at the Dogs, you know, I was very precious. I was surely not like driving back and forth. Actually, that's what we had to do at the Giants and I did find it like a bit of a mess because everyone's like kind of trying to get taped and ready at the Oval. No, not at the Oval now and then going, you know, or jump in the car, beat all five or six minutes is still a bit of a pain. Has it sort of been disruptive for you and the team or has it been okay so far? Um, It has actually. I thought it would be worse than what it was because I'm personally someone who like – I feel like conditions like really come in, get internal and like contributes to how I play and train, which is kind of stupid, but um, it has actually been way better than I thought. It's almost nice to have like a kind of break up between training and getting to the gym to kind of regroup. Um, but it is a bit more disruptive now just because like all the zones are getting cut off and like, like the walkways from one end to the club are like all knocked down and it's just like yeah. all, all over the shop. And I think it's just going to keep getting worse. Like, I think they're putting out gym in like Barker's Cafe. Oh, so wow. I don't even know, like, I don't really know what, what turn it's going to take next, but I think it's, like, there's also something quite nice and satisfying about, like, as a team having something like that happen and not letting it kind of interfere with your games and still doing really well. well I yeah. think that's kind of a good sh- testament to the team. Well, we're, we're four and zip, so yeah. I'd say I think you're training in Barkers forevermore. Yeah, yeah, yeah until I think this, so. Until this streak ends, yeah. you've got to be doing it. So what has happened this year? That, like, you know, we were good the last couple of seasons, but, you know, just f- fallen short of finals, always were building. What has made the club, the team turn the corner and really, like, I've looked at our fixture 
and I'm getting well ahead of myself here. I am. I'm looking and going. Mm-hmm. I can He's see looking us. to a three peat. I am. <laughs> I am. I'm seeing dynasty everywhere. I'm seeing. I, I can see us dropping, and I'm being very generous to the opposition here. I'm seeing us drop maybe two games. Mm. Like, is that? Are you looking like we got a good fixture? Admittedly, we did. Yeah, but that's so. Like, I can't. Who are you scared of? You can't be scared of any of these teams right now. Brisbane. That's about all. Oh, just quietly, you'll smash them. Just quietly on a podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's all right. But, yeah, there was, like, obviously a lot of um, – we had a big turnaround of staff um, at the end of last year built off, like, players' feedback. Um, and, that like, Berkey and all the higher admins did a really good job of, like, taking that on board. And we've just kind of brought in a new program. Um, and just, like, obviously the bigger hours and more money means that we have more time commitment there. Um, but they just stepped everything up from, like, conditioning. We went from doing, like, 6K sessions to 12 most trainings and like they just stepped every level up and I think this had just such a big impact on everyone and Berkey brought in a whole new game style he's a footy nuffy and he'd like he, <laughs> he like even yes, he is. before the game on the weekend he's like I was up at 3am and had this idea and then he wrote on like he just loves it breathes it so I think having someone like him kind of pull everything apart and bring a new game styles also had a big impact on everyone what has the uh, time commitment change been like this year? Is it been a significant increase? Because uh, I think one of the things that really interested us, and we had a long chat with Berkey about this, was just, it was, you know, my perspective is that, you know, VFL players and the AFLW players have literally got the hardest road to success mm. because they are training on top of doing normal jobs. Their expectation of like their peak fitness is you've got to be able to play with the best all the time and you have absolutely zero time to really uh, spend at the footy club. Have you, has there been a big change? And secondarily, do you think that's really been a bonus given that we're quite a young side at the moment and it's helped us gel and, and get sort of on the same page? Yeah, definitely. The increase has been massive. Um, just probably like an extra day at the club in terms of hours. Like they added – like obviously last year we were there a lot but we weren't getting paid for about half our hours when we added it up. So then the AFL decided that they'd pay us for all the hours we're there, um, which is really great. Obviously should have been done from the start. Um, but yeah, so there's been a big increase in the hours, probably like an extra training night and longer – more intense training and a bit longer while you're there and more kind of commitment outside of it. Um, if, like, I think for the young girls, it's been really good because it means they don't have to kind of work outside of the AFLW. Um, so that's been like a really great thing for them. Obviously, means they can take them more seriously and just kind of just do footy, which has such great effects like on the field, off the field and for team bonding. Um, but I've found like, I think as a, it's that really awkward bridging gap, like as an older player, um, working outside of footy and then trying to balance that it's like mental so it has had disadvantages at the same time like for the girls like and me who's working outside of it because I'm just like I was working like three 16 hour days a week on my feet yeah. and it's just like ridiculous yeah what, how old are you that you're saying you're 21 one the, 21 is one of the older players I was about no, to say I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm still young but considering like obviously now that we get paid more there's only there's less people working outside of it yeah Um, and they're I kind of have fallen into that category a bit early, not for long, but just for this season. There's know. actually a bit of confusion with our listener mail, a few people asking about your, your outside job. Uh, it's, it's down to two. There was a few, bit of debate on Facebook. Are you a nurse or a kindergarten teacher? A nurse. You're a nurse. See? Yeah. yeah. All right. That's, that, that's cool. I don't know where that one came from, I'm yeah. not sure. Kindergarten. No, easy profession, which is good. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very easy. Um, yeah. Which hospital are you at? I'm Royal gonna, Melbourne. Royal Melbourne. Oh. So, if I, so if I, you know, if I accidentally break my leg... 
Uh, I'm going to the Royal Melbourne just so I can meet NMD. Could happen, yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Uh, which part of the hospital are you working on? Um, I've just finished my rotation on the Gen Med ward and then now I'm starting in the trauma section of the hospital. Oh, so I've got to really mess up Which should up be my really leg. interesting. Yeah, really butcher it. Yeah. Because they are the, um, <laughs> the trauma capital um, of Victoria. I think Australia too. So it'll be pretty interesting to kind of get into the more um, surgical side of it and see a bit more. Like uh, Gen Med's interesting. It's a lot of older people, which is great, but I'm kind of excited to work with a young demographic so what are the um when you mentioned that the younger girls which is kind of hilarious given that you're 21 <laughs> i'm still younger, just become yeah. an adult in the u.s yeah. so um given that what, what are they what are they doing outside are they studying or are they just pottering through life because it doesn't feel like um that there's footy enough in the schedule at the moment to be like this is what i do 24 7 365 because clearly there's restrictions around time at the footy club what, what, are, what is the sort of general consensus with the younger team at the moment yeah it varies a bit so there's like it, a lot of them study outside of it doing their uni um but they don't really work other jobs some do um but i think it kind of depends on the person like some some people are just trying to kind of a few of my friends just embrace like just being an athlete because at the end of the day everyone loves it and they want to just be able to indulge in that life so a lot of them are quite a few of the girls in my team are just kind of just coming to footy and like having their days nice and free which is such a nice lifestyle um but and then yeah a lot of them are studying and a few work outside of it, it just kind of like varies but footy is like their main priority for most of them yeah how do how do you um i know you mentioned the 316 hour days so not so much in terms of um balancing it from a timing point of view because it sounds like you have an incredibly hectic schedule but from your like thought process around you, you clearly um for at least from a very initial stage it sounds like you love what you do in terms of working as a nurse yeah. it sounds like you love playing footy how do you think about trying to balance out your career pathway and you know sticking with footy long term or w- where's your sort of head at in terms of that long term yeah, it's super difficult. Obviously, I came into the competition like looking at the older girls thinking like, oh, thank God, I don't have to make any decisions like that anytime soon. <laughs> um, and it just kind of came about way quicker than I thought. Obviously, I finished my studies last year and with nursing, you have to do a grad year. Yep. So I kind of was like, I may as well get it done now and get my registration, then I'll have it forever. Um, that was kind of my reasoning behind like taking doing the grad year and then obviously the season got moved without any warning and that kind of just threw everything Sounds out. Sounds like the AFL. Yeah, so that was like we got – it was like this rumour at training. I was like, what? And then like two weeks later it was like confirmed and I was like, oh, my God. I, I kind of structured my whole year and life around this season being in, over summer and then it all got changed and that threw me out. Um, but in terms of juggling, I think obviously I'm just kind of had the mindset that I'll smash it out this year, like do both. And then moving forward, um, obviously nursing's a great and flexible job in terms of hours you can work and how much you work. So I'll probably just prioritise footy and minimise my nursing during the week and just kind of do that while I'm young and I think I can nurse forever. Yeah. But you can't be a good athlete when yeah, you're Yeah, I, I think it's a very interesting point because there are specific careers which probably are more amenable to fitting in with footy than there are other ones. And like we had the conversation with Kate, which is – like there's this going to be this really interesting stage where you're describing the younger girls who probably don't, let's say, don't have to work whilst they're studying, whilst they're playing um, because there's enough money in the game now compared to the last few years. But, you know, if you're trying to live a full-time life and you've got, you know, a mortgage or you've got a family or something like that, there's clearly not enough money just to, to do all of that. And I think when we get to the point where it's like there's genuinely enough money where you have to choose between, you know, yeah. basically putting your career on the back burner fully or going, you know, basically the other direction. I, I think it's a yeah, it's a very interesting problem that's coming up ahead for the girls at the moment. Yeah, it is. It's like, um, and I think it's just like one of those other things that goes unnoticed about like the inequality of the game is like these. Like I'm literally 21 trying to make career decisions. It's kind of like 
like when most people obviously men's athletes they they know what they're doing they're playing sport for now obviously they can think about their career moving forward and then people who aren't being athletes they can just focus solely on their other profession but there's like so much added pressure to try to like work out what you if you're going to like lose money or like profile in your other career just to pursue footy because you love it or you like we've seen many people step away from the game for their um other careers which is like obviously just a hard thing to make and an added pressure of like being a female athlete definitely yeah and if you try and do both and it's too hard then you fall behind from a quality point of view i mean it is a really yeah it's a really difficult time for sure Mm. since you have a medical background one of my favorite sites that i see on an aflw ground is when because a lot a, a high proportion of the players are physio and when you see a player get injured, be it an opponent or a teammate, and you and like the doctor gets shoved out of the way, and a and a teammate <laughs> treats them, do you, have you done that? And yeah, and I've, how do you resist not doing it if you have? I've haven't? done this like multiple times against my opposition. I'll like hurt them, like bump them <laughs> over, and I'm like far out, shit. And then I'm like with them, like oh, I'm so sorry. Like, what do you need? And then my teammates are like, come on, let's go. And I'm I'm just like really caught up in like the moment of. This hurting is, someone has that violated your Hippocratic oath? Do, do nurses <laughs> do the Hippocratic oath? No, they don't do no. it. Oh, what about is this? Right. She she just bumps someone into oblivion, and then she runs over. Okay, I'm going to put you in the recovery position. <laughs> yeah, I just, we just like, need to elevate your tibia. <laughs> I get carried away, and that's happened with my teammates too. I'm like so caught up in making sure they're okay, and the game's like not stopping. And then yeah, I end up getting yelled at by my teammate and move on. But it's just sad, and then I always come back like I'm so sorry. AFLW does seem to be a lot more there's a lot more apologising yeah definitely (laughs) it depends on the opponent I think now that the the, obviously the new teams have come in it's kind of like it's interestingly transitioning from like what was a really tight knit community which stemmed from the older women who originally played together I think that will phase out and we'll see like a whole new kind of like stage of the competition um, which will be really interesting have we built a rivalry with any team yet that hasn't probably got the media attention that it should have Oh, I think Nathan Burke kind of tries to stem a few rivalries from his um, days playing. Yeah. And like oh, that's right. You know, he, he, said, like. he said he hates the Crows. Yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah. crazy. And Collingwood. He really does not like Collingwood. Um, but, oh, yeah, I think he kind of drives a few of them. But playing Collingwood, I think we all hate. And we've lost them like so many Every times Every time. In a row. I'm always there at yeah. Vic Park. And, and we hate playing there. And it's just like the fans, oh, there's nothing like them. They're pretty nasty. Yeah, Collingwood fans are a very specific group of people. Oh, my yeah. God. Did I tell you – I don't know if I said this on the pod, but uh, when the men beat the uh, Magpies earlier this year, uh, at the, towards the end of the game, I went and sat uh, down towards the, re- the wing in a reserved area. But, you know, they, a lot of them had left. So me and my mate just went down there and yelled. And, and a few of the Collingwood players were like, you're not supposed to be here. I'm like, yeah, look, there's five minutes to go, whatever. And then there was a decision uh, that I didn't agree with and I vocalised that. And I said, doesn't sound like you. <laughs> all I said was, that's not an effing mark. And they all to have some decorum. How dare you? What you are so ungracious. And I'm going, you're Collingwood fans. What is right? Have you met your club? Everyone, everyone's got decorum when they're losing, I find. Um, so who did you follow uh, growing up now? Oh, North Melbourne, pretty loosely. But right. oh, I did North, like, we were split with, I have three brothers and we we're like split in half there. Um, but I feel like they were pretty easy to disengage with um, when I got drafted. <laughs> I was about to say. they you, have not done anything. Yeah, you have invested in the correct team, I think, yeah, to I upgrade. Think so. Well, I mean, there were 17 others that you could have picked to upgrade from North Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty rough. And I think, yeah, looking back on it now, I just like don't really 
Like, uh, no, you don't even really have a soft spot. To be honest, I don't follow men's footy that much anymore. But mm. It's um, just a gimmick. Yeah, yeah no, one, I don't, no one likes it. I don't really follow North Melbourne at all anymore, sadly. Speaking of the gimmick of men's footy, how excited – Punt Road this, over, uh, this Friday? Yep. How excited are you to play with, you know, all of the hurrah of the grand final and the parade and everything happening all around? I feel like that's got to be – one of the biggest stages we've had in in recent times, particularly with Melbourne being shut down for the last couple of years. Are you excited? Yeah, I'm keen. I actually hadn't really thought about speaking to my friend Katie Lynch at the club last night. She was like, I'm so keen for this weekend. And I was like, oh, why? why? And she was like, apparently it's going to be a seller. I was like, I don't really like thought it thought about it or processed it, but I think it should be really fun. Um, I think we're like missing win and games quite a lot. We definitely yeah. always got the yeah. best turnout there and they were just such a nice time. But And there hasn't really been many ovals that can kind of step up to that that platform. So it'll be good to see what Punt Road can I'm do. I'm very excited. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. as a historical – I, ne- yeah, I was never saw a men's game there. I'm, I'm too young for that. But, yeah, it's going to be epic. Yeah. And, and I think like of all of the places in Melbourne, like – Richmond and the G and Punt Road obviously being directly in between those two around grand final day just they just get this buzz about it it's just so it's always so exciting to and me they put on yeah. that kids festival now yeah. which my and kids love and we, yeah. yeah and again like you know we've missed it for the last couple of years and what a what a great way to celebrate um, you know that part of Melbourne being alive with a you know massive AFLW clash at Punt Road. There hasn't been that many games played there for a long time, right? Oh no, Richmond have been playing there. Richmond yeah, do yeah. play there, okay. but yeah, who cares? The VFL Richmond. have played there, but uh, yeah, I don't think there has been like a game as big as this. Probably no, all I do is I drive past, I, I eyeball Monique Conti and Katie Brennan. Traitors! <laughs> I usually go past and I look for the redhead Nick Vloston and I just make sure he's missing a few kicks so I can give him some <laughs> feedback on it later. <laughs> so where did you grow up, Nell? Oh, just in Northgate, so that's where around. I grew up. Holy oh no crap. way! Yeah, yeah. What, what school did you go to? Fairfield. Fairfield Primary. Primary yeah. Sweet. I was at Whale Street. Where, uh, yep. Which high school did you go to? Northgate High. All right, we're ending the interview. As a, as a Thornbury High guy, <laughs> uh, just uh, letting you know that you are my rival now, and uh, I'd like you to leave. <laughs> did you hate Thornbury High back? Oh, back I just then? didn't have much going for them. No, we do. Yeah, we're pretty rough. Yeah, yeah no, nah, I just hated them. They were just terrible. When, well, when 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 I was there, we were both terrible, but oh, really? you've got good. Yeah, yeah, we. You traitors. Up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Danny, you're also trying to resonate with a 21 year old about school. It might have been slightly different in generation. Last yeah, year I think we changed a bit. Actually, yeah. By the time you were born, I'd been out of school three years. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. So, where did you play juniors? I played at Fitzroy. For, oh, nice. Yeah, yep. that's what, a good area. What, I know your uh, few years has been a little bit interrupted, but. Um, what has it been like going to, you know, to Footscray and to play for the Western Bulldogs? I mean, I don't know if you've seen the rest of the clubs in the league, but there's not really a club that is as deeply entrenched in a suburb as Footscray is. And to your point around Witten Oval obviously being just the most fans that would turn up, that's because they all live out there still. Yep. What's that sort of experience being like? Sort of at a, obviously a professional football club, but still with that sort of feeling. I've, I've always felt like there was a connection deeply to the suburb. What's that experience been like for you? Yeah, I've loved it. I think um, obviously before you get drafted, you don't really know where you're going to go. You have a bit of an idea. And I actually thought I was going to Richmond and I was like keen as, and then thank God Nathan took me the pick before. And yeah, I've just loved it. I think um, especially coming from a club like Fitzroy and just like I've always enjoyed being part of a community. I think like having that um, 
at an AFL level club is like so special and I think it just kind of like shows throughout everything like the support that we get and also just like programs that the club run I think it's really epic and you don't I don't think there's any other club that does it and I think for me anyway it's definitely something that um goes a long way and I enjoy being part of a club that's like that yeah yeah it is pretty special and it, and again you know it's even more special and the girls have obviously had a lot of success since their time but there's nothing better than winning out in the West and then going oh, to celebrate yeah, with so all those good. fans. They're just uh, they're a special bunch out there, Danny. And I think like we can all agree, Northcote is pretty much Footscray. So the Footscray oh. of the North. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is Northcote's yeah. west Gentrified. of somewhere? Uh, no, I think Northcote's gentr- Yarraville. It so is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Gentrification. E- even you would have grown up with it as a very different place to, to me. Like, how m- you know, how, how much? How many cars did you steal? <laughs> Plenty, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. sweet. So at least you're old school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll chat off air about yeah. uh, Did your parents grow up around Northcote? Um, no, they didn't. Mum's actually from New South Wales and Dad was like out in Eltham. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah. I still mm. might know him. <laughs> the northern yeah, suburbs are pretty, pretty yeah. small. Yeah. Everything. So, all right, let's go to listener mail. Cause, uh, we did have a lot of uh, ex- excitement that you were on. Uh, first of all, while because my internet's always a bit rubbish, I'm just going to ask a nursing question. Yeah. What's your uh, What's your favourite disease? Oh, I don't know. I usually um, I like doing like wounds and stuff. Find that pretty fun. Are you Are you the because I've got a lot of friends who are nurses and on, or work in medical. There's always one nurse who kind of really loves the disgusting stuff. And so if there, there's like a particularly, you know, I don't, I don't want to freak our listeners out, but there's a particularly gross wound. Uh, they were like, oh, I don't want to deal with that. Nell, Nell, you'll love this. And then they, 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 they get into the colour and the, the how it all happened. Are you that yeah, one? Yeah, oh, um, to a point, there is definitely a lot of things that still really gross me out, but a sign so like satisfying about like dressing someone's wound. It's like arts and craft on the body. You know? You've got to be very precise, <laughs> measure everything up. Um, it's just, it's quite, I like nursing as a whole anyway, because like no day is the same and you like your interactions with people and every day you come you just have no idea what to expect and it definitely like expands my mindset and helps me grow as a person like interacting with people that I wouldn't usually it's a good job yeah I don't know if this is in your horizon but uh, I recently became a father for the first time and incredible five, five and a half months in basically now and one of the things that was just absolutely abundantly clear was just how good the midwives were. So we were at the Royal Melbourne oh, yeah. and they were just, it was just insane. And then the, just the follow-up that we had afterwards and you almost like pinch yourself and you're like, geez, I'm probably going to get a big bill for this at some stage and you realise that it's public health system and you're like, this is crazy. Yeah. It's so um, wild. It was really yeah. eye-opening for me. I mean, I've been around nurses a lot since I was younger, a lot of people who I went to school with and, and family friends, but specifically the midwives, they made a very big impression on Anna and I. Yeah, it's, I think it's so epic that I always think that I can't believe this is all for free. I, it's just like, <laughs> I, yeah, it's a pretty incredible system that we have here. And I don't really – I get private sometimes, but I'm a public public person. Oh, through that's and good because you play for the Bulldogs. Public everything, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Tiano's got a great question. Uh, who's your, fav- who, your favourite ta- teammate to play with and uh, what's the funniest thing you've heard on the f- footy field? Oh, my definitely favourite teammates to play with is Ellie Blackburn and Kirsty Lamb just because, like, they're those, like, teammates you have and, like, you see them going for the ball and you're like, we're sorted. And, like, kind <laughs> of, like, their presence on the field, like, makes everything feel okay. I just feel like I have so much trust in them as players and, like, and leaders um, and it just makes me feel like 
it's probably the first leader I've had with Ellie um, that I actually feel like inspired by her leadership. Um, and just as players, yeah, like, especially as a forward and them driving out of the midfield, it's like I feel like without them it's like quite stressful. Um, so definitely my favourite teammates. Funniest thing I've heard on the ground, oh, God, I don't know. I feel like there can be some pretty funny personal sledges in the AFLW because, Please. because everyone like knows each other. And oh. you obviously, um, you know, like – Word gets around and there's a lot of like funny gossip throughout it. So I think that's kind of – I can't think of any particular ones, but um, I think there <laughs> can be some pretty funny sledges there. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it would have been a very interesting place over the last three or four years when, you know, a lot of you probably have played against each other, know each other perhaps much more intimately than, say, that I uh, experienced playing in the men's stuff. So um, I feel like some of those like funny sledges would go like wildfire amongst the WhatsApp groups of the yeah, world. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And obviously like – coming into it, being friends with, like, obviously you come into certain um, games, playing certain teams, like, knowing things you can say to specific players. Um, yeah. But actually, <laughs> which is really fun. Um, like, obviously, and I don't know, I feel like because there's a bit more crossover between teams, you get a bit of, like, word from players who have come from certain teams. It's, yeah. like, pretty fun. There's just a yeah. dossier that goes around of all of, like, the sledges <laughs> required yeah. to and share it team to eat. And then it ends up that you're, you've got some stuff in there too and you're like, damn it. Yeah, <laughs> and because often, like, after the season, we'll go out together with, like, people from different teams. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it just builds up. Is it's that going to change, do you think? So, we got eight, oh, the way we, we spoke about it with Kate was, you know, like, it feels like the last five years have been, like, sprinting to the start line. Now we've got the full spectrum of the competition we've got 18 teams ready to go do you reckon like from now on there's going to be one less player movement but two it's like we're going to be like you know sort of more siloed off in the different teams um yeah i definitely think this i've been thinking about it the past few weeks um just because obviously like at the start i had a very tight knit obviously a lot of the key um players who were marquees at the start played at certain clubs like darabin or yeah. think clubs like that together and then when they split off they kind of dispersed throughout teams but they would probably drive the um, mingling between teams and then everyone would become friends and then there's just so many links throughout it but I think now with teams like Hawthorne and Essendon like we don't know like over half the players Mm. and it kind of will start to lose that and as those older marquee players kind of phase out I think those like connections and mingling will probably phase out with that a little bit so I think it'll be a pretty interesting transition to see I mean it'll probably become more like the men's competition which is a bit bittersweet because it's fun the way it is but it's probably will be do good things for the comp in the same time yeah I mean I think it feels like it's getting more serious but at the same time like there's a very special thing I mean again not to keep referencing the chat we had with Katie but she was like AFLW is its own thing. It's not the exact same thing as the men's um, game. It's got completely different sort of community feel. Danny always talks about he has to bite his tongue at the games to make sure he's cheering appropriately (laughs) because it's a a family event. It's a community feeling. You've got all the different food trucks at Witten Oval and we haven't excavated the whole thing. Um, (laughs) And, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that balance prevails because it will get more serious with the less connections from team to team, just at least in my experience. More rivalries probably. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the teams will be more consistent because players won't be moving so much because, as you know, and you will know far more than me, a marquee player moving clubs is just quite disruptive because it obviously is, you know, sort of the face of the team and then they're playing for the opposition. It can be quite confusing for fans, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, Gail wants to know, what's your warm-up song? Ooh. Oh. Uh, it's been a bit um, random this season, but last season I was into, like, a lot of disco, like – I, no judgment. I don't really – it's like the girls have some pretty questionable um, 
pre-game tunes that I'm just like not – I don't get around. I was like, what came on the other day? High School Musical. I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, <laughs> fuck, you know, like how am I to get G for a game? Like, no way. So I usually bring isn't my it, own headphones. I don't know High School Musical that well, but isn't one of the songs called Get Your Head in the Game? Yeah, yeah but it wasn't good. even that one. It was like a sad, like – Breaking, oh, yeah, not good. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, that's Yeah, all, yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah, no. uh, Voidy knows it. <laughs> You're a, it's Break. your generation. I yeah. get it. Yeah. I get it. Um, that's right. Do you know my kids, uh, uh, the only real music that plays it out, my wife takes the Eurovision Song Contest ridiculously seriously. Like, she watches that the way I watch footy finals, and all she really cares about is Ukraine has to score more than Russia. Yeah. And so, but for this year, my kids' Auskick psych-up song was uh, Norway's Entry, really? which was about it was called "Before the Wolf Eats My Grandma, Give the Wolf a Banana." It's an well, absolute yeah. banger. It could, wouldn't be surprised if it came on in our rooms. <laughs> um, but yeah, I kind of just like do my listen to my own music. It really varies. Sometimes like um, yeah, some old disco music, or I don't really know, just chops and changes. But none of that like. Yeah, but also not too hard techno. It's got to have a bit of like a or oh, Catronada, you know him. No, but uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> Mix and I'm match 27 a bit there. going on fifty, so okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I look at all the all the AFL players, men and women, and just go. I assume they listen to the Wiggles. Oh, some Dojo <laughs> Cats always good. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've heard of. I know that them. One. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dojo sure. uh, Barry, uh, you know Barry Webster, absolute up. legend of ever? the of the dogs uh, fan. Uh, do you still ride your skateboard? Yeah, I do, but not in season. I I feel like the first year was like definitely the hardest. I was like just going nuts, like not being able to do it. Um, but I feel like now that I've kind of matured a bit more mm. and also like the the load that footy takes out of you, like you would know, is like ridiculous and I almost don't even have the energy to do it. I do really miss it, but I can do it in the off season. Um, where, where do you skate? Are you down at uh, outside Northgate? Northcote Plaza? Yeah, or Fitzroy. They've just had their new development, which oh, the is ball. so annoying because yeah. I can't skate it, but – um, they've just redone it all there. I love skating. It's She's like answered that question before. You know, do you skate during the season? No, nah. no, no. <laughs> we'd never, would never do that. And to, to, I had plenty of, <laughs> plenty of energy to go surfing when I wasn't supposed to when I was playing footy. It was too good for the head, you know. Yeah, exactly. I feel like once I, when I wasn't getting picked consistently, I was like, fuck it, and I was just like, <laughs> I was going all the time. But then I was like, now that I like have a like a spot on the team and everything it's like I want to actually like I think I'd hate myself so much if I injured myself at the skate park and miss the whole season yeah. I would just be like spewing this is good for me I'm going to set up a Northcote tour of uh, of AFL uh, of sites because do you, you know who owns the fish and chip shop right near the Northcote um, skate bowl and Christo, Premiership player for Carlton, 95. Oh, the new one across the... Yeah, True North. Oh. He owns that. Does he give discounts, does he? he I've, <laughs> I've, I've, <laughs> not to Bulldogs players. No. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, good potato not, not after this year, in, again, in the men's when, when the Bulldogs get in Ooh, by yeah. a point. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, there's a question here from David about who had the most influence you at Darabin Falcons. Were you at the Falcons? I was there briefly. Yeah. Well, I'll ask the um, question. Who had the most influence on you? Yeah, there was like, when I was, I think I was like probably the last season of when there was like AFLW girls coming back from like their teams like Melbourne and Carlton to play there. I think it, after I left, it stopped being allowed. Um, I think having a few, there was like um, Loz Pierce from plays for Melbourne, like a great ruck there, and Elise O'Day, one of Carlton's midfielders. Um, I think they were pr- probably a pretty big influence on me there, just kind of like seeing them come down. I don't know. It was like pretty interesting to see girls from like AFLW come back to that club yeah. just for loyalty and like for the love of it. 
Um, so working with them was really interesting. Obviously, just about to go into that system, that was kind of like nice to have them there. And then just some of like the um, local girls who had been there forever, that was almost the funnest part. Because they were just like, they just loved it. And it kind of made, I wanted to go there instead of feeding into an AFL club straight away because I thought, just keep it local while I can. Keep it fun. This, yeah, um, exactly. This may not, you may not know the answer to this, but it just occurred to me then. Why, why did Darabin end up being just the, the place to play in Victoria for the, the W side of things? I'm not really sure. I think originally they had some key players like Daisy Pierce and everything. And she kind of like would... Um, bring a lot of people along to the club right. and I think then it kind of just like spread through word of mouth um, and in the north side they were like the best team and it kind of just attracted a lot of people because um, obviously you had like I think it was um, what's the one out near Elf- or Diamond Creek they were mm, also yeah. good but that was like for that area so I think there were like the two teams and they people kind of congregated there because they knew that was where the talent was mm, interesting yeah for uh, my niece is at Darabin now yeah. so you know us inner city types so the Falcons was nowhere it is yeah I was so disappointed I could never play for well, it. Well, I mean, they were very. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting because they were very good at basketball growing up too. So yeah. the Diamond, Diamond Valley, Diamond Creek. Darabin yeah, they were team. good. Yeah. I mean, it's just interesting because it's obviously not close to the city particularly, but yeah. um, you know, it's interesting that like one club just ended up being basically the football factory almost to kickstart the AFLW competition in a sense. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they can stay alive now. Yeah. Obviously, they're the only team without. Yeah. Like the cost is crazy, and obviously their talent is like it'd be way harder to get. Oh, it'd be impossible, yeah, pretty much. So There's pretty 18 teams. Like, where are they yeah. going to come from? So it'll be interesting to see. They'll definitely be able to stay alive as a local club, but as VFL, obviously with no one being able to feed back into them anymore, it's, it'll be pretty tough. I'll be the Port Melbourne equivalent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, like us rusted on Darabin fans yeah. will still be there. Well, and that's the weirdest thing. Like, when you go watch Port Melbourne and you play against them, you're still getting heckled by people who've supported only that club for, yeah. like, <laughs> 80 years. And you're like, there's, you know, there's AFL teams. No, we only support Port Melbourne. Now, look, they've been through their sense of challenges, but still, like, a stalwart part of, of, uh, of VFL footy. So, it'll be interesting to see how they go. Yeah, it will be, yeah. Uh, Ness, uh, who's in the Bulldogs cheer squad, who is absolutely awesome, uh, just says to tell you you're a legend. So, oh, uh, I do. Like thank you, Ness. Yeah, thank On you, Ness. Thank you, you are a legend as well. Hey, um, Gabby Newton has been absolute, like as good as we all hoped this yeah, year, incredible. even better. Uh, I managed to speak to her after you beat uh, uh, Frio at, at Icon Park. Yeah. And I told her our nickname, Boydie, that mm. uh, one of the listeners suggests, because we lost Bonnie too good. Yes, We're now going to call her Gabby even better. Oh, good one! Yeah. And we've that and works. she and she she was quite stoked with that. So please, uh, Danny Boyd Army, do get behind and call her. Get, can you start calling her Gabby? Yeah, even I'll better? bring it into the club yeah. tonight. Thank yeah. you. It's shocking, but this is a segue for Danny to really reveal his own new nickname for you. Yes. Do you have a nickname at the club? Oh, Nelly Fish. Randomly, that's because Ellie's like a huge Neighbours fan and she will always tell you <laughs> she was on an episode acting herself really the Bulldogs she will like recite it to us all the time <laughs> anyway um, well, apparently a key Neighbours uh, like actor is called Nelly Fish and then she started calling me that and then everyone started calling me but didn't know why and then it just kind of stuck so it's like the fish or Nelly Fish yeah. I like that but uh, I've got a better one for you it's what is so it? inspirational the fish is it yeah, it's pretty random. No, nah, you are you're a tough player, and one of the biggest things that the AFL is always about is fight MND. You've got the great n- the initials <laughs> fight MND. We're just going to call you fight. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. You get the ball. Fight, 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 fight. NMD, MND. It's in that'll freeze. Because <laughs> when free, they do yeah, the big ice true. bucket challenge to oh, uh, raise freeze. money, yeah. What do you what do you prefer, fight or freeze? Probably freeze is better. I, I think. All right, you, freezer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
the one of the most offensive nicknames is calling someone a fridge. So it's, yeah. like, <laughs> it's always like this guy who's, yeah. well, at least in my history, has never particularly had a lot going on upstairs. So no. a freezer maybe is like the, yeah, the fancy fridge. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll call you freeze. Yeah, good luck with it taking off. Oh, well, hey, we got, we got listeners. Big, big they'll, platform. They'll get- Fight or freeze. <laughs> you you guys can you know you folks can choose you know whatever you're you're comfortable with. All right. So I, I my favorite part of this interview is when I said I'm looking at Dynasty and you your eyes told me you agree. How wh- and where do you where do you dream of your role being in? So grand final day, we're smashing Brisbane at the MCG. What? How are you going to kick the winning goal? Even though we're smashing them, it's still a winning goal. It's a weird fantasy. Yeah, I always practice this one after training. I always do – I want a banana, like a good one. Like I love those kicks. It's so satisfying and fun and like quite easy. So I feel like that would be the, the winning goal. Like which, at training, e- which end are we talking at the MCG? Oh, God, I don't know. City I'd end, punt road there. end. Yeah, that's no, a rubbish City ground. end, sure. City end. Make it up. I don't oh, know that's, that's, Oh, no, Boydie kicked at the punt road end. Yep. Yeah, but right. All your goals were at that end, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, it's good. Maybe we got the, the Boyd road, end yeah. Yeah, so and we got the NMD end. Make some history down the other side, yeah. Mm. But I love kicking, um, practice kicking game winners and just go crazy at training. <laughs> but I feel like the moment when it comes, oh, God, no, nah, I can do it. Well, well, don't listen to anyone to tell you not to practice snaps and kicks from the boundary because no, eventually you'll need them. It'll come. You know, Eddie, Eddie Betts was one of the best, best at it. He practiced them all the time and he kicked them all the time in a game. So exactly. don't listen to the coaches. Practice the easy ones. Well, mate, I'll practice both. So just so you know. We're yeah. going to be cheering this Friday at Punt Road Oval to, for you to go a banana. Yeah. That's you the- are playing, yeah? Yeah, I'm hopefully. Oh, God, but don't say Nathan. I'm not going to ring Berkey. And, uh, no, I'll, yeah, I'll find it tomorrow. I think I did pretty well on the weekend. So Yeah, you did. Um, yeah, it obviously sucks not being in the team, but you just got to work your way back in and give them no reason to not pick you. Um, and I did that with Nathan. Me and Nathan have a bit of a love-hate relationship, mostly love, but um, obviously when you're not getting picked, it's like super hard, but I'm glad to be back and hopefully I stay in. I always want to kick goal of the year so I can go to the Brownlow and win, <laughs> win 20K. That's the, that's the aim. That is great. Well, this is filling me with so much confidence that my dynasty fantasy is going to come true. Uh, I, I've, I'll see you on Friday. I think Boydie's got some corporate luncheon thing, so I don't think you're going. But I'm we going will, to Williamstown to you're support on, the West. Oh, good on you. Well, I'm representing the North. Yeah, yeah give it back <laughs> to north, the people that don't want it. Representing the North side for, for you and me. I was going to say North Melbourne. That's a bit touchy. Oh, no, we're playing against North Yeah, Melbourne. we are, yeah. No, no. North Melbourne geographically is actually in the West. They're not even North. It offends me as a Northcote boy. Mm. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're directly that. North. Yeah. yeah. They're also no good, so it's all good. And you, the yeah, the women are cold, okay. aren't they? Yeah. I don't yeah. know what goes in or out of the doors at Arden Street. No, it's a bit strange. Never, I mean, never but it, know. It, well, I think we're both too probably too young for it. I mean, you know, North Melbourne, at least in the men's, created a very big sort of following in the 90s. Right? Yeah, yeah. We, mm, I yeah, we remember dreading playing them. Whereas, like, I've never really – well, I've seen them good, but I've never seen them, like, enjoyable to watch because when Brad Scott was there, they played, like, the most slow, boring, down-the-line, yeah. kick-it-long style, so no one really cared. And then now they – don't play any song particularly. Yeah. <laughs> I know it'll be interesting to see what um, Alison. Alistair, yeah, well, wow. yeah, the mad scientist Clarko will he'll get a few vials, probably a few hundred vials of things together and chuck it together and hopefully they turn out to be good next year. But I reckon the reason they gave him five years is because they need five, five years, years to yeah. be decent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, final question, who are you going to go for in the men's grand final this oh, weekend? Boydie's oh, going for Sydney. You're going for Geelong? Because my, my housemate's brother is Tom Atkins. So, oh, okay. um, and I love Tom. He's a great – I don't – don't really connect with a lot of the AFL men's players. Sorry. Um, uh, X. Yeah, X. X, X very X. There. Yeah, very X. Very um, X. Uh, but I feel like uh, Tom is uh, just such a great 
He's a great person and, and um, good representation of men's footy. He could no, he's not, but I think he's he's just a great product of it, and I really like him. So Geelong all the way, yeah. All right, well, but a bit boring though. I was hoping there'd be a Melbourne team. Mm. Yeah, like Carlton would have oh, Bulldogs, but you know, just yeah, you, you know, you have to go for us. Obviously, Bulldogs, but I've just always think like imagine Carlton streets if Carlton won. Well, that'd be a sight. Collingwood making it as much as I don't like Collingwood. It's always they they're big finals when Collingwood plays. Yeah, yeah do, totally. They do turn up. Yeah, and it does feel like the other thing is is like neither Geelong or Sydney really need one. You know, <laughs> know 2011, know. 2012. It's like it's only been 11 years. Grow up, like you know. Yeah, yeah. I reckon. Yeah, but I don't want Secure to win either. So it's like <laughs> it does. I can't win unless the Bulldogs win. I can't win. Yeah, exactly. Oh well, the Bulldogs are going to win the flag this year. Uh, when is the grand final? It's November. Oh, I've actually got this whole season changes. Like, one week thrown at a time. Me. Yeah, I've <laughs> got no clue. We got one week at a time. That's a good <laughs> yeah. idea. I'm getting yeah. ahead of myself. North Melbourne this week. Thank you so much for coming on. Go dogs. No worries. Thank you. Today's episode was proudly brought to you by Eight Star Energy, creating energy for the future and power you can count on. Follow them on Facebook, Eight Star Energy. I gave my childhood to that roar of the red, white, and blue sea. And the knowledge that you had to love the bulldog boys and me. Twenty years on, I feel that longing Hanging in September air But the reason I go every week Is to pretend you're still there And they will find the glory one day And I will throw it at your feet It's a long, long road they're running for you The dogs of Footscray Streets Long, long road they're running for you The dogs of Footscray Streets